Welcome to the Traps Test Podcast. We're your hosts, Kim and Aaron, and we are healthcare travelers and the creators of Traps Test and the host of this here podcast. Woohoo! So this week is a fun episode. Totally. Loved it. <laughs> we are, I don't want to say interviewing. We're not really interviewing. It's more of like a conversation coaching. A dinner chat. Call, if you will. Yes. With our friends Aaron and Adam, who are a PT travel couple, and they started traveling in like a like a year. They've been traveling for like a year. Yeah, they've been they're big moves yeah. already. Newbie like travelers to the PT world, and then decided that to go on their first international trip to Patagonia with us with Trav's yep. adventures. Which was so awesome. So we met them at TravCon last year, but then they came on the Patagonia trip. So we were just able to really connect with them and get to know them better and just instantly just fell in love with them. They're so fun. They're, they have such good energy and good mindsets and attitudes. And, and, and a huge travel bug. Huge, huge travel bug. Such a thirst for all things travel in the world. And so this conversation kind of came about because... Aaron and Adam were talking, well, on our Patagonia trip, they were planning to take eight weeks off to go travel through Europe. That was kind of the plan. And so we were chatting with them and other people in the group of like, oh, you should go here and you should go here. And they were kind of asking for advice about what should we do? How should we plan this? What are the top things? Whatever. And they were kind of open and loose about it. Right. And so we were talking about that. And then fast forward. Yeah, Adam was like, yo, we should like get together on the podcast and just basically do a conversation slash like coaching call to like see if we could get this trip narrowed down and planned on a conversation with you guys because we really want to hear what you guys have to say and this is what you guys do and you do it so well. So like, let's jump on a call and see what happens. Well, and it's funny because we went from Europe in Patagonia Don't to... give it away. Ooh. Don't give it away. Okay, okay, okay. Why was, would you give that away? Well, I wasn't. Oh, I thought you were. I was gonna just say. You, you'll have to see. Okay, okay, you'll yeah, have to see where where we where end we up end from up. eight weeks in Europe. Okay, we yes, that's I like that little teaser. Totally. Um, and this episode's really cool because I think we're talking to Aaron and Adam specifically about their trip, but I think anyone who's wanting to plan a big trip, and this is such a great listen with tons of tips for helping you like questions to ask yourself what to think about like when you are planning a trip big trip because I think you know as healthcare travelers we get a lot of time like we get to take months off at a time if we want and go and have these big trips that becomes normal for us but it almost it almost becomes overwhelming when you're trying to figure out where do I go what do I do and the world is your oyster which is such a, a beautiful thing but it can also be kind of overwhelming and we talk about them that with them in this episode too so I think this will be really fun for people to listen to and also take away some stuff that they can use to plan their own trips in the future. Totally. It is a jam-packed hour-long conversation. So without what? I was going to say you can also follow along with them on their Instagram at a couple of travel PTs um, as they navigate this incredible new adventure of both traveling as physical therapist, but also traveling the world. Um, they're just awesome and so fun. And I know you guys are going to love them. So okay. enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Aaron and Adam to the Travcess podcast. Woo! 
Welcome, Aaron and Adam. We are so happy to have you on the Traps Test Podcast. This is going to be a fun, fun conversation I am looking forward to so much. Thanks, guys. We're so excited to be here. Hold on. Do that again. I wasn't I wasn't ready. I wasn't paying attention. Okay, go ahead. All right. Welcome, Aaron and Adam, to the Travis S podcast. We are so excited to have you here and especially talking about this topic, which is something that we are super excited about and never have done on this podcast before. So it should be interesting. And this is the first time it is a four-way conversation, which Ooh. could be interesting as well. Our first four-way. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully by the end of this episode, you guys will have your whole trip planned. Yep. <laughs> and the listeners will hopefully have some good tips and takeaways that they can also apply if they're wanting to plan their own big trip. Um, so welcome to the podcast, guys. We're excited. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're really excited to uh, be on here with you all. And get some things planned and learn some things from y'all. Yeah, y'all have so much experience in this, so I'm so excited to hear what you guys have to say. So you guys are in Denver now, right? Is... Correct, yeah, we got here a couple of days ago and we start our contract actually tomorrow. Wow. Oh, okay, so we already, like for the listeners, we've already done a little bit of an intro with you guys, um, so they kind of already know a little bit about you, but you are both, traveling PTs, you've been, you're married and you, how long have you guys actually been like healthcare traveling for? Um, we've been actually traveling since uh, the beginning of 2022 and then we've okay. been PTs since 2018. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. So new to traveling, Fresh out the gate. about to start a contract <laughs> in Denver, which I was telling you before we came on, uh, before we hit <laughs> record for the podcast like I've been watching your guys' Instagram stories with the hiking and the food and like all the Colorado vibes and I'm just like so jealous I know we were even talking about it we we're like cool we're going to the beach for Memorial Day but we <laughs> wish we were hiking in Denver I know. <laughs> yeah it's been pretty great so far there's uh there's so much to do so we gotta somehow narrow it down to what we're gonna be able to do in a few months here so but it'll be fun yeah that's gonna definitely take its own like planning to be yeah. able to squeeze yeah. in all of the things in that 13 week contract. Yeah. Are you guys there 13 weeks? Yeah, it's 13 or 14. We're here till the uh, beginning of September, right? Before oh, perfect. We, uh, start out on this trip that we're about to talk about. I know. Yeah. <laughs> perfect segue. Yes. Yes. And, okay. <laughs> I will say too, this this like idea came about because um, Aaron and Adam came with us to Patagonia for your first international trip. Is that correct? First intercontinental, I guess you'd say. We've been to Mexico and Canada, but that doesn't really count, I guess. Right. Uh, okay. First big trip. Wow. All right. Started it all. Good, but No, I was going to say, like, I love that, like, you guys, you know, Patagonia is like a place that, you know, it's huge. Like, it's so far away. It's so remote. <laughs> it's such a big trip. People dream their whole lives to, like, make it one day, right, to Patagonia. And you guys are like, ooh, like, first international trip, Patagonia. <laughs> like, I love it. You're like, we're just jumping full in, like, let's, let's go. go yeah. Oh, that was an epic. Oh, now adventure. we caught the bug. Yeah, yeah. totally. 
Totally. Good, man. So when we were on the trip in Patagonia, so this is kind of where this all began. You guys were ending, so you knew you were going to come home, take a contract, and you were going to be ending sometime in the summer. And then you wanted to plan this big trip. And at the time, the big trip was Europe. And so we were like, oh, you know, what do you guys want to do? Where do you want to go? What's the vibe? And kind of everyone was like giving you their insight and opinion of like trying to help kind of build this trip to through Europe for the summer for a couple of months. And now we're circling back a few months later and you have bought a flight to Bali. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we presented (laughs) cool trip to Europe, guys. But what about curtain C? Like you, you willing to see what's behind that? <laughs> yeah, this is all kind yeah. of part of the fun. So this is what brought us to this conversation. It's kind of like you're wanting to plan a trip. You're kind of open to where this all might lead you. And so, where are you guys at now? Like, what, what's up? What's the vibe? Where are you at? Yeah. So we basically have Bali on the schedule uh, for sure. And so uh, that's pretty much all we have set in stone. We we have some time between when this contract ends and when we need to be there with y'all. Um, so what we're throwing around is uh, going to Thailand before Bali um, and then getting over to Bali, uh, spending the 12 days with y'all. And then going from there, that's where we're really open at right now. And we've, you know, it started with wanting to do six to eight weeks in Europe alone. And then obviously the Bali opportunity came about and couldn't pass that up. So um, now we're thinking, okay, do we go to Europe via Bali? Um, do we hold off on Europe and just do Southeast Asia? for a few weeks we don't know so we're open and um yeah bali's the only thing that's really set in stone perfect i love i love the openness because i think it's funny you know being able to plan a big trip is something so much it's so fun it's so exciting but also when you are open to kind of wherever it almost feels overwhelming because you're you're like, there's so many choices. There's so many options. Like, what do we do? And it almost causes you to kind of like (laughs) retract a little. Right. It's like, yeah, for sure. And then Europe was such a big goal for us too. So it's like, does it make sense to make Europe make sense at the same time as Bali? Or should we just hold off Europe and wait for Europe to be its own thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, was that was that Europe thing? Was that just kind of like a childhood thing or a grown up thing or something you guys have talked about? And it or is it like so important, right? Like, where does it weigh on that on that scale of like, if, if we could travel, of course, we want to go to Europe, right? Like, I mean, it's an amazing place. But like, where does it rank on there for you guys? I think in the beginning when we didn't have that much experience of travel at all, Europe was the primary place just because that's what you see all the time. Everybody goes. Um, But now, especially after going to Patagonia and hearing so many people's other stories, I don't think it's necessarily priority number one. It's only something we want to do before we settle down and have kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people, us included, our first big international trip was Europe because Europe also has a feeling of, oh, it's, it's different. There's a lot of culture. They speak different languages, but it still feels a little safe. It mm-hmm. feels 
safe in a way yes. of just like everyone goes to Europe. Well, um, it's easily transported around. You can catch the trains to different countries and it's, you could drive and it, it's easy. Yeah. It's accessible. I will say just on the Europe front that they have said that traveling to Europe this year is going to be three times more expensive than any other year, which is insane. <laughs> Because yeah. Europe is already wow. very expensive. Yeah, so they, uh, yeah. I learned this tip and I was holding off. I wanted to talk to you guys sooner and like <laughs> tell you, but I was like, got to hold out for the podcast. But yeah, right, right. <laughs> we recently learned this. And so I was like, I didn't know where you guys sat on the front of like what you were trying to do if you were going to try to force Europe in. And that was going to be my argument was, you know, if you don't have to force it, maybe this isn't the year because they are, you know, saying that this is going to be the biggest travel year we've had in a long time. And Europe knows that. So Airbnbs, excursions, and hotels are like through the roof, three times more expensive and flights. Jeez. Yeah. yeah I know. That's, and that's the thing we looked at too. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing we looked at too is the flight. Like, do we want to do one big international flight or we'd have to do three if we did Bali to Europe back to the U.S.? Mm-hmm. I, so here's my thing. So when, when I'm thinking about a, like planning a big trip or talking to anyone planning a trip, I think there's like some questions you want to ask yourself first. Cause like to try to kind of narrow down what is going to be the vibe, like what's the area, what's the location. And I think the first couple of things that are really important is a, what is your budget? Like that's obviously the most important thing. Cause then that can kind of give you a sense for how much time can you take? Cause I think you said, so six to eight weeks, is that like a done deal that is the time that you have available yeah well, that was certainly our initial thought for it and then you know we've i guess kind of opened it up to you know if we do bali and then just stick in that general area you know it could maybe be a little bit less and do say four to six weeks and then save some money slash time off uh, for Europe, say next year in the spring or whenever mm-hmm. it would be uh, just to kind of modify it a little bit. Uh, but once again, it's kind of that flexibility that we're open to that it doesn't have to be exactly this or this, that it can be kind of in that yeah. range. Okay, cool. Cause I think that helps too, is when you're like, okay, like this is around my budget. This is around the time that I have available. And then you can kind of like, pick and choose because Bali is on so far, right? It's on literally on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> right. Like you, you can't get much further, no. like New Zealand, right? So you're my thoughts, just kind of like thinking just off the cuff, like saying, if you're going to go all the way to Bali, like exploring that part of the world, you're already there. And once you land in Bali, Flights to Thailand, flights to Vietnam, flights to um, Laos or Cambodia or any other Philippines. Yeah, that whole area is so cheap to get around in. Once you once you get the big flight there, it's pretty easy to get around. So my thought would be you're in Bali, like really have this awesome Southeast Asian adventure for those eight weeks, forever, for the time that you can be there and just get that out because who knows when the next time you're going to be like, I'm going to fly all the way across the country or the world, you know, to go to Thailand or to go, right. like you're already there. 
And then the next trip be more of a Europe focus because then you can just like run around Europe. Right. You know? I mean, in, in international travel right. Like <laughs> speaking, right? Like it's, uh, Europe in a sense is easy to get to. I mean, in my opinion, right? It, it's not it's not the flight that I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. Like we got a flight to Italy. <laughs> it's just like, hell yeah, we got a flight to Italy. This will be a piece of cake. Like let's roll. But, mm-hmm. you know, that flight to Bali is like, wow. <laughs> It's, it's a beast, you know, yeah. It's a beast. It's overwhelming. It's it's long. It's a lot of usually a lot of connections. Usually a lot of hours. I mean, there's not a lot of direct flights, um, so there's a lot of layovers and and things like that. So it's a it's a journey, right? That's kind of like the journey is the destination when you're going to Bali, um, and so that's when <laughs> most the majority yeah. of our time in airports uh, when we're flying to Bali. And so, like Kim said. I do think it's a really good idea. Like, you know, like we were saying, it's just you're over there. You're going to have the most epic experience in Bali. I can promise you that. Um, And you'll be able to pretty much check that box um, with the trip that's that's planned. So, you know, it'd be like, okay, like, let's move Mm -hmm. on. And there's just so many cool areas just around there that a lot of people, you know, experience once in a lifetime. And you guys will already be over there. Yeah, no, for sure. That uh, I mean, it it makes a lot of sense from a logistics standpoint, standpoint, a financial standpoint, just time spent actually traveling versus being wherever you're at type thing. Also, so it's certainly something we're we're open to. Um, yeah. And good, good, Aaron. Uh, I think that's kind of an interesting conversation too. That's something that we talked about in Patagonia with other travelers. Uh, they talked about how do you actually want to get to go to a place and experience it in all of that time, or do you want to see as many places as possible in that amount of time? And I think we've learned more towards we want to actually experience the places that we're at versus trying to see like as much of the Southeast Asia as we can while in that time. Interesting. Yeah. That's, no, that's great. That's a really good. Well, and that's such a great question, right? I think asking yourself that before you are planning a trip is do you yeah do you want to get little pieces of a lot of different places or do you want to really experience it fully and and spend more time in less amount of places but really be walking away with these cool experiences like wow i really feel like i got a lot out of this and i can kind of you know kind of check the box there um when we did so our first big trip was to um europe and we did a cruise we were like so new like we never really traveled like we were, no, like, i literally thought if we get off of the cruise ship it's gonna be an instant scam yeah like we were yeah. <laughs> like i was scared that we wouldn't make it back by curfew because some cab driver would drive us around and we'd miss the boat and then yeah i was like petrified it was like that new we were such little we were newbies we were newbie travelers and um we did the cruise because we thought oh this is such a great way that we can see a lot of different places and really get like our fill with europe and also have you know a place that we can keep all of our stuff whatever and what we realized on that trip was a we're definitely not cruise people at all no Never again would I ever get on a cruise. Like I like to be on the land and I like to be in like full like immersion mode. But we learned that from doing it. But the other thing was that we got to see so many places in Europe, like so many places. It was like a 13 day cruise and everywhere was somewhere different. And I felt like we really got to get pieces of Europe, 
but realize like, wow, like I would have loved to have spent more time in this place and like mm -hmm. really gotten um, to dive in. And so I think like we learned that we're definitely in that camp of I would rather have less time or I'm sorry, more time, less places but walk away with a real experience. Well, yeah, and I mean, it even showed us that we were doing the math and we we're like, we've been traveling for seven years, almost eight years straight, basically, internationally. And we're, we got up to like 17 countries or 18 different countries. And we were just like, there has to be more than that. Like we've been traveling for <laughs> seven, eight years. How is it only that many? And it's because we realized we'll stay a month, a month and a half in one location, but feel like, wow, we really understand this place. And we've got to experience the culture, almost like traveling healthcare. Like you get to go to these cities you've never been to, and you really feel like, wow, I understand this. I know the flow. I know what it feels like to live here. I can basically call myself a local. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a lot of reason why we did are doing travel too, is to help figure out where we want to live. Right. So that helps us get perspective on like each different place and feel like a local and feel like what clicks for us and what doesn't and what our priorities are, whether it comes to like buying a big house in a cheaper place or living in a really cool spot with a small. Yeah. Place. Totally. Which is, that's such a good comparison too. Cause like when you're on a con, like you guys are in Denver for 13 weeks, like you're really going to live there and explore it. And like, get underneath the hood and see what it's all about and see what it feels like as opposed to going for a weekend. Yeah. You know, and that, like, yeah, you'd still probably be like, oh, that was fun. But like, <laughs> you really wouldn't have it like in your, you know, cells. So you guys are saying that that's basically translating to how you want to travel internationally? Yeah, I think so. I think that it just makes more sense, you know, and on paper, it looks cool to, oh, man, I go for eight weeks and I'm going to check off 12 different places. And mm -hmm. uh, do you really check it off or do you just have a little stamp in your passport or whatever, take some pictures of a place and say that you've been there and experienced it when really did you or did you not? And so I think kind of spending some time and really getting a feel of it makes more sense uh, in the grand scheme of things for sure. Totally. So sticking with this Southeast Asia thing, I will say like, are there any fears that pop up like instantaneously, like thought process wise of like Southeast Asia? Cause that is a big kind of to do. I mean, it is a totally different style of travel. And so I didn't know if there was anything that registered with you guys when we were like, okay, let's focus on Southeast Asia. Um, the language for sure. I mean, you know, and and certain areas of the world can get by a lot easier with the, our English speaking skills and uh, limited Spanish speaking skills. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, in Southeast Asia, we're going to be pretty much at zero with that. So that's something. Um, and But I'm sure there's plenty more things that uh, we're not even aware of that we should be aware of before going there. I think it's just totally unfamiliar territory mm -hmm. for us too. I don't think we really know what to expect with it. Yeah, because yeah. you were saying, go, go ahead. Sorry, buddy. No, like when we, well, A, I just want to say, just to say, to touch on the language thing, um, <laughs> you know, going to Patagonia as we did together and like being in Chile, they didn't really speak English at all, which was shocking uh yeah. because i think we just expect people to <laughs> kind of speak english in these touristy places and like they didn't that was like really kind of like challenging in a lot of ways 
in Thailand, in Bali, like they speak such, such great English. English. Yeah, that was never an issue, oh, okay. honestly. It's no, like, yeah, no, no. You, there, there is not. Literally, like we we know, like Sawadika and Sawadi Cup and Kapun Cup, like hello and thank you, and the rest of it is just like, hey, what's up? Yep, a hundred percent. That's oh, good. Wow. To know. Yeah. So they they really do in 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 most areas um, yeah. speak pretty good English. And the first, our, so our, a couple of things to think about with Southeast Asia, um, our first after the cruise thing, um, and we had traveled a little bit more after that, but like a really big trip that we went on was Bali. That was our first really big trip together. And we didn't really know what to expect. And I just remember like walking out onto the street and it's like absolute chaos with bikes flying by and just like honking and crazy and it's hot and it's humid and people are just like everywhere there's dogs everywhere and yeah it was a it was a culture shock because it was so different than anywhere that we've ever been before but at the same time it felt so fun because it was different i was like wow like this is i've never seen or experienced or smelled anything like this before yeah. yeah Um, it was just like, whoa, you know, it is all six senses, like just five senses, six. I mean, I'd say six because that intuition and all that stuff is like triggering. You're just like, what is this? Like I'm in like, you know, overload of all my senses. Yeah. But that being said, it was a little like, whoa, like crazy at first, but the people, and, and I guess we can only speak for Thailand and Bali and the Philippines, um, because we haven't gone to Vietnam yet, but there were the most friendly kindest people i felt super safe like everyone is just willing to help they'll have a conversation with you they'll point you in the right direction and never once was i like oh this is sketchy like never not once um everyone was just really friendly and open and so i think southeast asia is a really great place to feel um I don't know. It's a, it sounds weird to say comfortable because it's so different and crazy, but like in a really good way. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just feel like it was just such a cool experience. And then, but the other thing to think about, and this is like a real thing, is um, your digestive system does have to get used to <laughs> that part of the world. Mm-hmm. It's just like it comes with the territory, like because you're eating a lot of street food and you're eating a lot of things that like your digestive system and like your bacteria and your guts aren't used to. And so there is a, um, a, a period of time that you have to get used to that. And it just comes with the territory that I have never experienced anywhere else in the world. They call it Bali belly for a reason, so. Yeah. <laughs> Bali belly. <laughs> yeah, so that's just something, that's like a little thing to think about, but it is part of the traveling through Asia. Oh, good. To know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, and obviously the, the food is the thing. I don't know how you guys feel about Southeast, uh, Southeast Asia cuisine, but it is literally one of my favorites. Love it. Okay. Okay. So that, that will be exciting um, yeah, for, for sure. you guys. And two, like uh, how many days do you guys have before you meet up with us? Like what would be your plan? Are you flying out immediately mm-hmm. or taking some days off and flying out? So like how many days before are you planning before you join us in Bali. Yeah, so we're we're done in Denver. I think it's like the 
September 2nd or 1st or something like that, uh, that Friday. And then we'll have to do, or we'll have to go back to Dallas, uh, back home there. So another day or whatever. And then we're planning to fly from the West Coast. Um, and so we're going to, I think we're going to fly out there on that Tuesday, the 4th-ish. Um, and then the flight to, our initial thought was Bangkok would be on the 5th. And then we get there, I think, the 7th. And then we need to meet y'all the 15th. So it gives us about seven, eight days. Oh, perfect. Okay, that's what I was wondering yeah. because I didn't know if it was going to be like three or four because that would obviously change up, you know, kind of some planning. Um, mm-hmm. Bangkok, I mean, eight days in Bangkok is a lot. Um, yeah, we were, we were looking at, say, like three, four in Bangkok and then three in Phuket and then go, going from Phuket to Bali. Um Okay. And I saw, I was looking at flights there. And so that was a, an initial thought. And like I said before, we're open. Um, yeah. Especially if we're going to be staying down in that area, you know, Phuket's somewhere that we're interested in. So we'd like to get there at some point. Um, doesn't have to be before. But. Yeah. No, totally. Because I mean, my only other suggestion would be Chiang Mai, because that's literally one of Kim and I's favorite places. But you'll want to really be able to experience uh-huh. that. Um, so it wouldn't be something I would jam three or four days in. So Phuket could possibly be okay. a perfect spot. Honestly, like what yeah. I would do is because I think Thailand has so much to offer. So like if it was me and I had six to eight weeks in Southeast Asia, like I would want to spend quite a bit of time in Thailand. You're already going to be spending a good amount of time in Bali. And then I would definitely do Vietnam for like three weeks, two or three weeks. Um, which if you did two weeks in Thailand, two weeks in Vietnam, and two weeks in Bali, that's kind of like getting close to when you guys would be like wrapping it up. So maybe you could have room to maybe go to the Philippines, which I highly recommend. But all that being said, taking it back, what I feel like what I would do is say, if I wanted to have more time in Thailand, instead of being rushed through, because not only is there Phuket, but there's the Koh Islands, there's Khao San Lui, there's Chiang Mai, there's like beautiful mountain, there's so much that we can unpack for just Thailand. But Mm -hmm. I would almost like fly, I would come into Bali early, and then I would go to Nusa Panita for a couple of days, because we're not doing that on the trip, because it's too small and they don't have infrastructure for groups or anything. But I would, it's honestly one of the most incredible places in all of Bali. It was our favorite experience that we did. And I would do a couple of days with that and then um, spend those couple of extra days in Bali. You're already there. And then we'll meet, we'll do our trip. And then I would leave Bali and go to Thailand Mm -hmm. and start in Thailand and start, fly to Phuket start in Phuket, go to the Koh Islands, and then make your way north through Agreed. Thailand, taking your time so you're mm. not super rushed. I, I, I agree. Yeah. And that's where, because I mean, I can guarantee you just, you know, from talking, like Chiang Mai, I mean, there's just so much to do with the elephant sanctuary. The food in Northern Thailand is ridiculous. It's such a cool spot for culture. They have such a, like an old town, but then it's also like very new and modern. So that's kind of like a cool thing. Um, there's just so many cool excursions and hikes that you can do, um, all things that we can, you know, give you, uh, so, you know, you can check them out, but it's, it's like a really cool area. Good. 
What are you like rushing me through? No, what saying? because like, I was just saying like I don't want to get into like the nitty <laughs> details about each area without like kind of circling back to like the initial of like where to start the I trip, agree. right? Because I think that's so, yeah. So how many days in or days in Bali do you think would be good? Like say we got there before uh, or went straight there or got there in enough time to have it take a couple of days in Bali before we meet y'all. Yeah. So I would say, okay, if you flew in again, you're, you're flying across the world. It's always kind of a long, long experience. So I would come in, I would go to Changu, which is a really, really cute beach town, but they also have like great restaurants and like, it's, it's definitely built. Very modern for Bali. Yeah. Like you, you're going to have like things mm -hmm. that, you want there yeah. like very accessible so i would go to chingu probably for two days i would sleep i would get you know work through if you're feeling tired or jet laggy or anything like that give yourself a, like two days just to lay by the beach and maybe get a massage have some healthy food and get yourself kind of onto indonesian time southeast asian time because it is a bit of adjust an adjustment totally so I would take two days there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> get, yeah, give yourself a little time to get used to that. Um, I will say just on that note, I did just research that Bali Belly is uh, resistant to Cipra. Um, so if, you, uh, if you're going to your like doctor or getting like a prescription for anything, say you're going to Southeast Asia, uh, there is something I have it saved on my... Um, on my favorites and I'm it's slipping my mind, but there is a particular uh, medicine that you can get here that helps alleviate Bali belly. And if, if you're just like having really bad diarrhea for three days, like it's mm -hmm. kind of one of those things to take, but usually, mm -hmm. you know, it's diarrhea for a couple of days and you're good to go. It's never really stopped us in our tracks yet. Mm, Only fun. once, but I think, had, <laughs> I think Kim had full on sun poisoning, which added to the whole thing. I, so side, side note, side story, the first, the first time we went to Bali, I, um, oh, here's another pro tip. Always wear sunscreen and bring sunscreen. Cause it's super expensive. Though. And I didn't on the first day, which was really silly. And we only went down to the beach for like, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour. And it wasn't even sunny. And I was just so excited cause we had landed and we like ran down to the beach didn't wear sunscreen. Um, it's on the equator. So strong sun is very, very strong. And I ended up getting sun poisoning basically really bad where I had these huge blisters, oh, wow. like coming filled with fluid that were just like coming Melting off my off. body. It was yeah. really oh, quite, quite scary. It's never, that's, <laughs> that's never terrible. happened before. Yeah. <laughs> So then we went over to the Gili Islands, which is so cool. And, um, and we had this like beachfront, you know, little Airbnb and we're like, we're going to be in the beach and snorkel and all this. And I ended like, I couldn't even go into the sun because every time I did the, the blisters would fill up. And so I, I have this sun poisoning and I'm literally in the bathroom the whole time because, you know, all the things are happening and they're not stopping both ends. And I remember like being like on the toilet crying and just being like, I just want to go home. Yeah. Like I, this sucks. Like this well. sucks so bad. And I just wanted to go home and be in my own comfortable space. And anyways, luckily all of that passed 
And I was like, oh, okay, great. Now, like, I feel so much better. And, like, I love Bali. But at first I was like, no, I want to go home. So sunscreen and, and medication for uh, Bali belly, honestly, are two things that will save your life. Totally. <laughs> gotcha. <Okay. laughs> Not kidding. Um, but go ahead. Oh. Uh, so I guess back oh, I to the... the Oh yeah, I don't know. So the Chengdu for a couple of days and then... Okay, so, yeah. so Chengdu for a couple of days I would to say relax a day, and recharge. Depending on when you arrive, right? Having mm -hmm. like a full day to just like no plans. Like maybe you walk out to a cafe, go down to the beach, but like no plans and then kind of start using like a day or two to explore. Mm -hmm. So then, then we carry on. And then I would say, and we can give you guys our go-to um, like driver and stuff. So he can like take, so basically get you guys from Chenggu, take you over to the port. And then I would do Nusa Panita, mm -hmm. 1 million percent must do for three days. Three days. Mm -hmm. It's an island mm -hmm. off the coast of Bali. And, and we can give you like so many recommendations and stuff for Nusa Panita, but I would do that for three days mm -hmm. and then come back to the mainland. And then I guess how many days is that? Five. Yeah. Cause then you would just come and like meet us. So I would give yourself maybe like six days or so, six, okay. six -ish days and before you would meet us. Yeah. Okay. That'd be perfect. I mean, then you can literally check off Bali. Like because, you, you, you will do it all. Cause we're going to do so much with the trip that I feel like Nusa Panita would be the, the one thing I would add on. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that, uh, that sounds great. Yeah. Cause we were talking about, um, doing that or something along those lines anyways. And we were thinking maybe staying a couple days after, um, but I mean, before probably would be great as that kind of adjustment period as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. a soft landing. And then I, I like, I mean, I mean, selfishly, I like having you guys there too, before the trip starts. <laughs> that'll be, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> you can come meet up with us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm so excited to um, experience y'all side of Bali too, just since you all are so passionate about it and I've spent so much time in such a special place for you guys. So it'll yeah, be really cool I know. I'm so excited to like, cause I think too, it's like anywhere you go, right? Like a lot of people like, Oh, I go to Bali and I lay by the beach and I party and this and that. And like, there's just so such another side to Bali. And it's like something that, you know, we've spent so much time there. So I feel like we know it so well mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, it's just like, I can't wait to share it with people, you know? Totally. I almost feel like this, this trip feels so much more pressure because it's almost like hosting people at my house. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I want people to like have such a good time. And, oh. and there's like so much that I'm, I'm like putting into it, but then it's about just like relaxing and letting everybody take in you know, just the environment, I think where we're going and what we're doing and the people that we're going to be in contact with and the experiences we're going to have, you'll literally just be like, okay, like I'm, I'm just going to go back to Bali because I want to live there. Um, but when it comes down to seeing the things we're going to, we're going to cover it. Yeah. A lot. So, okay. So 
I mean, again, if I, if I was planning a trip and that's all like I can just say from my perspective, that makes the most sense to me because then when we're done with Bali, you're like, we're good. We're, we're, we can move on. And I would move on to Thailand and I would really experience Thailand. And then I would move on and probably do Vietnam. And I think those would be my three big hubs that I would like want to tackle. I think my only addition, and I don't know why I keep thinking about this, but I would do one quick stop, maybe two days in Kuala Lumpur. I just, I think that's a really cool spot. Kim is giving me like a nasty face. Eh. Um, <laughs> but I just, I really enjoyed it there. We did it uh, in Bali because we needed a visa run. Um, and so we just kind of like hopped in for a couple days and, and, you know, they have the, the towers there and it's like a very modern city. Um, I got a really nice haircut and a scalp treatment there. And, um, it was, <laughs> it was nice. the night market was so much fun too. Yeah. Like I really, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It was kind of a modern Southeast Asia, uh, that I thought was a cool spot that I would never really want to go and spend a whole bunch of time in. But um, it's a flight out of Bali and kind of in the middle of uh, that area. Okay. That was one we were looking at uh, as a potential kind of a quicker one type thing. We we're also looking at Singapore. Y'all, have y'all been there? Do y'all have any thoughts on that? So I've my seen thought, a lot of flights go through there. Yeah, there. So that's a great hub. Um, An amazing airport. Airport. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> percent. We've never actually gone in to Singapore, the city. I personally don't have any desire to because it's just such a modern city. Like, and I just never have had like, this huge desire to go. But I do know people who've gone and said like it's cool. Um, but I feel like it's so modern. It almost feels like it would be like a like a New York or like a a, a U.S. Yeah. City. You know, I don't know. So yeah, traveling all the way over there for something you could almost see here type thing. Yeah. 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 So that was kind of like my thoughts on it, but I do know people who've gone who have liked it and thought it was like, eh, it was cool, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to like Bangkok, it's a huge city, but it's so different than like it's wild and crazy and the food and the street markets and it's just so the chaos oh yeah. but it's so good and but crazy yeah. you know like you know you are not anywhere <laughs> close to the united states yeah you're in bangkok no totally i mean the food is incredible the people are incredible um it is very overwhelming like uh you know when, when we lost our luggage we spent a lot more time there thinking our luggage was going to show up and that was the first time that Kim was like, okay, check. Like, we're done with Bangkok. Like, I don't think I'm coming back. <laughs> We've spent a lot of time here. Um, but it's great, man. Transportation's awesome with, like, the tuk-tuks and the taxis. And that's really easy to do. Uh, the hotels are beautiful. Like, the food is amazing. There's a lot of, like, rooftop uh, places to eat. Um, just some really, really good spots. It's, it's, that, it's that cultural shock um that's really fun um but also just you know being in the the stalls and the different types of food and it's amazing i love it there you go to eat 100 yeah it's a food yeah, city. yeah. <laughs> well, you're gonna eat that's great to me yeah <laughs> it's more affordable too though isn't it so we can get like more bang for our buck like being able to see more by going to exactly. thailand exactly like that Singapore. that's yes yeah. so like 
Southeast Asia in general. So going to Thailand, going to Vietnam, like going to the Philippines, go, I mean, even Malaysia, all of those places, like your money goes so much further. So like if you had, you know, say a thousand dollars, I'm just going to throw out a number like that could last you so much longer in Thailand than say, you know, Europe. Italy. Yeah. yeah. Um, because things are just a lot cheaper, especially if you're eating, you know, street food and going to the night markets. I mean, you can get a meal for like three us and like completely like full and beers and everything. Yeah. So it's a great way to be budget friendly. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and still eat really well. And your money will go a lot further there. For sure. Even with hotels, everything. Yeah. So that's another perk of like... Yeah, totally. Southeast Asia I mean, we were staying in... Where was that hotel that we stayed in? It was like, what, 30 to 40 bucks a night? It was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I think it was more than that. But uh, it was compared to what... Oh, wow. It's like... Again, you can travel in any way, right? Like you can stay at really nice hotels and, and yeah. spend, you know, hundreds of dollars a night. Um, or you can find a place for, you know, 20 bucks. Like there's so many different, depending on your budget and how you're comfortable, you can travel very cheaply and stay in hostels and that kind of a thing. Or you can travel and, and stay in nicer accommodations and spend a little bit more. But even on the scale of if you're spending, saying in like a five-star resort, it's always going to be less. <laughs> like you're, it's still, your money's going to go further there than a five-star resort in like, you know, New York City or something. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. And Aaron and I were talking about that kind of, y'all poses the question of, you know, what kind of travelers are y'all? And <clears throat> we are on the, you know, kind of in between categories, I guess you'd say on not exactly budget travelers. Um, Obviously, we want our money to go further if it can, um, but at the same time, we don't. We're not looking for the fanciest of accommodations, you know, nice enough, but focusing more of our money and energy on the experiences, the food, things like that. Um, to once again, kind of like we talked about before, get a real feel of the culture and everything versus staying in some super fancy hotel that you don't really want to leave because it's so nice and you spent so much on it type thing you can go experience everything else while you're there yeah a hundred percent that's exactly the kind of travelers we are like it's not we're definitely not budget travelers in any way but i i would definitely rather spend like less on an accommodation but like spend all of my money on food and experiences which is like basically what yeah. we do you know? Yeah, totally. And I mean, that's where it's like, we always want, you know, especially in those countries, we want like a private room with a bathroom. And also, you know, like the air conditioned situation is always something yeah. that, that we always want to make sure is a nicer place because they can afford a nice air condition. Um, and it's always, you know, the, the wall units, which are amazing. Um, they get so cold. Yeah, it gets so cold in the room, which is so awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, these are... You know, we're ranging in the, you know, 60s, 50s dollars a night uh, for some of these places. And they're super nice. And that's what I was going to say something else. But good. What do you think, Well, So, yeah. so yeah. So, I think Thailand, um, again, you were talking about, like, Phuket. And um, Phuket is supposed to be really beautiful. And it's a great airport to fly into because it's big. 
Um, it is definitely more resorts and like touristy where you can spend like a little time in Phuket, but then also right there you can go to Krabi, um, which is less like crazy touristy and it's really beautiful and then go off to like the Koh Islands for a few days and come back and like really kind of hitting this, this beautiful southern part of Thailand and then kind of making your way up to Bangkok and then into Chiang Mai, into the mountains and then leaving Thailand and then heading to Vietnam, which, you know, obviously our friends Joe and Sarah spent, you know, a couple weeks there and I think they could help you plan the most incredible yeah, trip. They have a great itinerary. Mm -hmm. Like Good I connection. would do exactly what they did. Totally. And I, I, plan, <laughs> on doing, yeah. I plan on doing exactly what they did. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the yeah, scary case. Well, and no motorcycle accidents. <laughs> no motorcycle accidents, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's what I was going to ask. Like, what's y'all's experience with um, driving? I guess they're not motorcycles, um, but I've seen you guys do it in um, Bali on your past trip there too. Like, yeah. how do you? Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a loaded. <laughs> we're, um, we're improving. Uh, I'll say when we say we're, I'll say Kim is improving. Um, it's definitely she. I can. Do you want to tell the story of your? Uh, she got into an accident uh, the first time, um, and that was me just being like, "Go ahead and drive. I want you to like get familiar with it." And you know, she did great. And then I told her to take one more turn, and she wiped out. Um, and so since then, Kim has not gotten on the scooter, so she rides in the drive. Yeah. To drive it. yeah. She, she rides on the back with me, which I've always, I'll say I was really nervous, right? Because you're, you're driving on the opposite side. There's, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just organized chaos because everybody, there's a flow to it. And that's really hard to explain. I mean, it just, it just works. It's not like the United States. Like if you stick your, you know, if you start to go, like people understand and they just kind of let you in. It's like basically, I always look at it as like a school of fish. It looks crazy, but like there's a purpose. Um, and I haven't driven in Vietnam and that kind of makes me a little nervous, but I know Bali, um, I, feel, I felt really good about it. Um, and in Thailand, uh, same, it's, it's kind of a little bit more organized, uh, not Bangkok, at all. Kim and I always just take Ubers or uh, tuk-tuks or cabs uh, when we're in Bangkok because uh, that is just chaos as well and the streets are different and the way you merge on and off and turn it's just insane. So um, Bali we felt comfortable with um, and Bangkok we would just take and, and the trains are amazing like the subway mm -hmm. system um, in Bali. So I think it's just something that it's a part of the culture there and it's a little, it's not a little, it's intimidating at first. I think Aaron is such a great driver with it. Like, I feel like you're so relaxed and calm and can kind of just figure things out where, you know, I'm, I, I'm a little bit more nervous and like freak out. So like, I think the bet, like you, you know, you have one scooter, one person <laughs> drives, one person's on the back and you just take your time. Um, because it is, but like so many people do it and it is such a great way to get around because you're free and you can go do your own thing without having to like rent a car and stuff. But, um, it's definitely something you have to get comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I guess my suggestion is always like, I, I would never, and this is just me again, you might think differently. Joe and Sarah think differently. Um, they're a little bit more ballsy when it comes to these things than, than Kim and I are. <laughs> 
And especially him being like six eight and massive, like I don't see how he even fits on the scooter, but like it happens. Um, but it's literally like I like to go somewhere and check it out and kind of get a feel of traffic patterns. Um, and I'll, you know, we'll hire drivers and, and go that route uh, just because it's a lot more comfortable. And then we'll feel it out and be like, hey, I think we should rent a scooter here and we'll go cruise around for the day. And then we'll hire transportation to go longer distance. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. Makes sense. Sounds like it would just be it's part of the experience. It sounds like it would just be it's it part is. of the experience. It really is. It's scooter it's, too. Um, yeah, and it, like Kim said, it's do, just a free way. I don't know. It just feels like you're really immersing yourself. Like you're like, wow. Like I'm Balinese right now. Like I'm I'm Thai right now. It just feels like <laughs> you're in it, right? Like you're commuting around. You know, I don't know. There's just something about it that I love. Well, and it gives you, like I said, like you put in your GPS where you want to go when you get on your scooter and you go. Like I would never go on highways or anything. Like, but when you're scooting around you know, Chenggu or you're, you know, scooting around like Chiang Mai, whatever, like those places, then I feel comfortable getting around that way. Yeah. I wouldn't do it in big, I would never do it in Bangkok. I would never do it in big cities uh, just because I think it's a little chaotic and I think you can easily just get an Uber. Totally. So. And you guys have your international driver's license? No. Okay, so that's something really nope. good to get. So it's so simple. You can just go to AAA um, and you have to show your driver's license and then you have to pay, I think it's like 30 bucks or something. Uh -huh. And then they um, they give you an international driver's license and that's oh, good wow. for a year. And you don't even have to be a AAA member. If you are, then you get like $10 off. Yeah, so definitely good to have because if you ever get pulled over, they ask you for it. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Good to know. Super important. Yeah. yeah. And they'll, you know, that's where it gets into the yeah, sketch. No, if you. you don't have it and like the police pull you over, then it becomes a negotiating game of like how much money you're going to give yeah. them to let them go the other way. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Speaking of money, oh, wow. what, how, uh, in terms of like needing cash and whatnot for Southeast Asia, I know how it was obviously on, uh, you know, Patagonia and, Chile and Colombia and all that. How is it uh, in Southeast Asia, all those countries? So a lot of places take cards, mm -hmm. um, especially mm -hmm. in like the bigger cities and stuff, um, take cards. But we always have cash with us. Um, so because if you go to a food uh, stall or market or, you know, these small little, you know, war rungs or places, then a lot of times those will just be cash. Mm -hmm. So we'll always have some cash with us. We'll just go to an ATM, you know, and get some cash and we'll, we'll always carry it. But a lot of places do take cards now. I mean, majority of Bali takes cards. Yeah. I mean, we would have it, you know, obviously your drivers aren't gonna take card. Um, and so when we would hire them, it would be a cash thing. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so that, that was pretty much one of the only reasons we would have cash, I don't think, I don't think one time Kim and I paid for a meal with cash. Um, it would only be if like we wanted a snack or, you know, something like that from one of the, the yeah. food stalls. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I was going into a full on grocery store, you know, an upscale grocery store in Bali, you know, it's like, 
literally it was like wow like this is insane like you just picture it being so third world and it's like not and it's like so up upscale and it's a developing country yeah completely and so it's it's really cool it's it's easy it's super easy yeah totally yeah i think like checking in with you guys like at like dirt like throughout this conversation like you know talking about doing the bali thailand southeast asia kind of a thing like how does that feel exciting or fun or like what what are your guys's thoughts or like yeah just any thoughts questions about that like where are you at with it no i'm really excited about it i think um there's so much adventure in all of those places too it's not just like exploring a city and history and things like that there's actually like adventure with it and then we could go see the elephants and we get to go snorkeling with the mm. sea turtles. Like that's something that I'm really. Um, yeah, I think. Into. Go ahead. Go ahead. Something else. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, I'm go ahead. Oh, no. no, change. Yeah, change it. <laughs> oh, so y'all mentioned brought up the Philippines a couple of times too, and I was curious. Have y'all yeah, been so there I was going to say, if you do have any extra time, like the philippines is one of our favorite places in the world and we have, okay so i say that we haven't been in seven years so things yeah. could have changed because um, <laughs> i know it's like up and coming and like you know people on instagram and travelers and stuff want to go there and so i know it's getting more it's gotten more popular but the philippines so we went to uh Coron and el nido and that was honestly the most beautiful place I think we've ever been. Mm -hmm. um, it's super underdeveloped. And so like the town, so the town that you're, so basically most people go to Corona and El Nido. Those are kind of the two islands because the Philippines are like thousands of islands. Those are two of the main islands that people go to. And so you go, the town itself is kind of meh, not a lot going on, not a lot to explore. Food is not the best in my opinion, but you go to get into the other islands off the islands. Mm -hmm. Like, so you're, you're there to go on these day trips leaving and you're snorkeling and it's some of the most beautiful like marine life and coral. The limestone cliffs that oh are coming God. out of the, I mean, it's like, what? There's nothing as beautiful as the Philippines. And because it wasn't overcrowded at the time, Aaron and I were literally like, we went on a tour, a snorkel tour. And it was such a cool day. And we end like sitting on an island in the middle of the ocean. And it's just like Aaron and I, like there's nobody else there. Uh -huh. it's, it's crazy. Um, so I would say if you really want to see some beautiful beaches, some incredible snorkeling. I mean, that was uh -huh. incredible. And like, um, Lime, limestone cliffs and like we even swam in a lake in the middle of the ocean it was called like barracuda lake and yeah. it had like barracudas no it. it didn't yes it did we didn't see them <laughs> what? Babe, it's called barracuda lake i think it's just reason. called that you know 100 no google it google it there's so many barracudas but we didn't see any okay. but it was like this lake surrounded by limestone cliffs in the middle of the ocean you're yeah. like wait how is this happening impossible like 
you guys should 100% go there. Yeah, and it was funny because when we went, we were so new and we just really wanted to go to El Nido. So we didn't realize that there was uh, flights that if we would have went to Corona, we could have made it down to El Nido um, just by boat. And we ended up taking almost like a private flight like from Manila <laughs> down to El Nido. Remember that? And it was like it was like an eight-seater plane. It was actually a really cool experience and it really wasn't that... Uh, much more expensive than what we would have spent trying to get down there. And so um, that, that we flew right into El Nido and then went into Corona, but we realized, damn, we could have got from Manila to Corona really simple. So it, it's kind of like gotten a little bit more developed since we've been there. And so that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. But I, it's, yeah, no, it's definitely a must do. Uh, incredible. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh. It it, it really is because like I think too like Thailand, beautiful. yes, beautiful, overrun with people. Like it's it's so busy. I mean Bali, same thing. Incredibly beautiful. There's a lot of people, right? Like um, where the Philippines, and here's why it's a little bit still not as crowded. Or again, it, it might be now. It's been seven years, but it's harder to get to. It's a little bit more, um, it takes a few more steps to be able to get to these islands. So I think that's what deters people from going. It's a little bit more expensive to get there because it's more remote. But because of that, then you have less people. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, it was interesting when we were there. They're just like, so we turned the power off from like 10 to 3. And we were just like, wait, what? Like, what do you, what do you mean the power goes off? And that's just kind of like how they do it. And the restaurants you go to are the ones with generators. And so you, you hear the generators running and you go in and, and they're still serving. A lot of times they just close. Um, there wasn't a lot of like ATM access. Um, mm -mm. It was just, you know, it, it's a real travel experience. I mean, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that we could totally finish with, too, with everything um, else that we're doing. Um, I guess, it, so three weeks in Bali, maybe two weeks in Thailand. Two weeks yeah, in that, that's like exactly what I was thinking. Because like you have like your whole Bali, which is going to be like adventure and history and culture and food and all of the things. And then you'll move on to Thailand and really focus. It's going to be like food, adventure. Um, still beautiful because if you do some of the islands, it's absolutely gorgeous and um, go up into the mountains, which is a completely different experience and then move into Vietnam, which is really adventure focused and also really food focused. Um, and then ending with the Philippines, that's definitely more mm -hmm. just like beautiful beaches, more chill on a boat, on an island, snorkeling in one of the most beautiful remote places in the world, you know? Yeah. And that would be an epic trip, I think. <laughs> it, yeah. No, y'all got me really excited. And Yay! Yeah. Trip in a whole yeah. I mean, and obviously we can fill in the gaps, you know, and like there's just, <laughs> like Chiang Mai is one of the places that I could sell. I, I could be a salesman for Chiang Mai. It's like one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, the food, the people, the, the fact that you get to go to the adventures and the, you know, still have the culture and the markets and 
Yeah. And, you know, it's just, I really love that there. So, I mean, it just sounds like this trip right now, like I'm excited for you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, definitely a little bit different than our initial thought, but that's kind of the fun of all this stuff is, uh, you know, being open and talking through it and finding new things and things that work, things that don't work. And yeah, it's exciting for sure. Yeah, I know. I love that we went from like Europe to now. It's like you're going to Philippines, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's, yeah. which is completely different, right. completely <laughs> on the opposite end of the world. Um, but that's the beauty of, you know, like you said, having an open mind, being just like going on this incredible adventure and, and then knowing, you know, Europe's always there and Europe is exciting in its own way. And, and it's definitely more accessible. So it's like, cool. Then, you know, next time I'm only going to focus on Europe because like we did this whole part of the world that was so cool. Um, and we feel like good about it, you know? Um, and then you can move on to the next part of the world. Yeah, totally. And I mean, when you guys come to New Zealand with us, you know, on the Travis says adventure, (laughs) then, uh, you can go back and hit what, what you missed. Yeah. There you go. I saw that one on the list there oh, on that email. I know. So I was eyeing that one. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was going to say, because you could go two ways here. You could either do Bali and then into Southeast Asia, or you could do Bali and then Australia and New Zealand. And that would be totally different trips. Australia and New Zealand would be a totally different budget. Yeah. Uh, but (laughs) it would be two different trips but i think southeast asia is the way to go because it really does offer the adventure and the food and the beauty that you really don't get in most places yeah and totally and you wouldn't want to go into new zealand and just like try to like zip through it either that's a that's almost like a trip in itself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we'll just have to save our europe training for uh, another uh, brainstorming session Yes. Yes. Next time we'll do Aaron and Adam take Europe and then we'll just talk about it. There we go. Oh, for a minute there, I was like, why were, why would me and Adam go to Europe? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm in. I know we can go to New Zealand. That would be a cool Where are we going to go, like, Kim? Uh, Adam and I will go to Europe. You guys go somewhere else to like <laughs> research and then we'll like compare notes. And then you guys have to do what we suggest in Europe. And then we have to do what oh, you yeah. suggest. There you go. Yeah, that could yeah. be fun. Or a complete oh, no. disaster. <laughs> no, it would be epic. <laughs> That's funny. Who's, who's more of the planner in you guys' uh, relationship? So we kind of split it pretty well i'm more of the logistics of you know how are we going to get there and where are we going to stay type thing and then she does a better job of once we're there okay what are we going to do that type of thing and um, so we, we split it up pretty well i think that's cool I like that. yeah but i've really learned to not be so like okay we're going to do this this and this like plan out our whole day and basically just plan out, okay, I want to do this today, and then just kind of see where the day takes us from there. Um, I found that planning it um, very much like we're having a morning planned, our lunch planned, our dinner planned, but then we meet people who tell us, oh, no, but you should go do this, or you should go see this. A hundred percent. I always say that, like, it's good to have, like, the macro plan of kind of like, okay, cool, like, I know I want to do these things, right? Like, you know you want to do you know, Nusa Panita and Bangkok and Phuket and whatever. Like you kind of have these things that like, I know I want to incorporate these into the trip, 
but then you have this open playing field that allows for spontaneity and like meeting people are like, oh, you are going to go to Koh Tao? No, you should go to this island. It's way better. And so it leaves like this like flexibility to like be flexible and do different things. But you kind of have an overview of like the main things that you think like you'd like to do and you can because you have to have something to plan your trip around. You know, like the pillars. And then you get to fill in all like the in-betweens with just like things that you're learning from meeting people along the way, which is the best way to do it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think really my final question, Kim would know this more because like she's there, you know? major dive into research. Um, but for the co-islands in October, is that a good time to go to that area? Um, I don't know. You'd have to, I don't know off the top of my head. Because when were we looking at it and, and it was like Listen, Ken, Kenley can, was there and we were like, it's monsoon season. Or the, Yeah, that's the thing is like, well, I don't think yeah. it is because it's the dry season in, in Bali itself, like that whole area. So I don't think so. But I will say that in that part of the world, yeah, they have dry season, they have wet season. Like there's no summer, spring, fall. Like it's just dry season, wet season. And even in the wet season though, like there's still like you'll have these crazy like downpours and like monsoons but then it's like it's it, the sun will still come out so you know i think that yes definitely look into the season there but i think even if it's like considered rainy like it's you still have beautiful days in the sun it just is more wet than other parts of the year yeah and i wouldn't have suggested that for anything just those co-islands because i know that when we were going to go kenley was there and said that they're shutting down a lot of the you know boat things and and different you know routes and and excursions because of how much it rained Mm -hmm. and so other than that i mean like chiang mai we were there during uh smoke season and it was actually phenomenal because there wasn't a lot of people there because it was quote unquote smoke season, but it was actually it wasn't even bad. quite pleasant. So, you know, not letting that completely deter you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was looking uh, at Thailand a little bit, uh, I saw that it was, it's not like the ideal time to go. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, yeah, there's going to probably going to be some rain and whatnot, but it won't kill your whole day type thing. And then, yeah, there's probably gonna be less people there, which, I would almost rather it be a little bit rainy and less people than it be perfect and just crowded everywhere. So, right. Yeah. That's a good point too. I, mean, I can tell you there's in the no... off seasons too, it's more, um, it's usually cheaper too because not as many people mm-hmm. are going to go. And there's nothing more than the experience of riding on your scooter in a monsoon. I can tell you that's, <laughs> oh that's get more fun than that. God, that's like Southeast Asia in a nutshell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> For that sure. Just takes but, you back to Patagonia and some of the weather we experienced there. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you guys started there because yeah. <laughs> you're literally going to be like, weather? This is nothing. Like wind? <laughs> nothing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is rain? No. Like, yeah. We, we're like so spoiled now going anywhere else because that was such extreme like yeah. changes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think now it's like an exciting time because once like you kind of know like you're narrowing it down at least an area and where you want to go now it's like diving into the vlogs and blogs and like really kind of getting a nitty-gritty and like mapping it out which mm-hmm. is so fun it's my favorite part yeah definitely and so we'll have to get all y'all's recommendations uh yeah of course for all the different places and everything and then 
Yeah, so we can know where we're actually going to do when we're there. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I know. We will tell you all the things. Well, well, bringing it back to what you said earlier, how it's like so overwhelming because we had so many different ideas and places we wanted to go. Like, I feel a lot better. Things seem to be more narrowed down now and we can kind yeah. of pick and choose. Um, yeah, 100%. I love that because it is. It's almost like if you can go anywhere and do anything. You're like, well, what do we do? Like, it's, yeah. it's too much. You know, it's like, I don't want to go anywhere now. It's like yeah. too overwhelming. But <laughs> when you know, like, cool, like, let's tackle Southeast Asia. Now you can just like have fun and like get in there and be like, what are the things that we would love to do and get more familiar with it? And then you can figure out the, the top countries and like, come up with a plan based on that. But now you have like the, the, um, what is it? Whatever the area the template. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the big parts over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's exciting. Well, we love template. like chatting with you guys. Do you have any other like last questions or anything to ask before we wrap up? I don't think I have any. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. either. I'm glad you that's, brought up the weather, really though. That's something important. And I think do. that's our little thing is just making sure that it's not so bad that excursions you want to do are going to be canceled. Yeah. Other than that, you it doesn't can, matter. Yeah, you can manage, right? It's it's not that big of a deal. But. Well, we went to Bali for our first time in rainy season, um, and it was amazing because it did it may it rained every day, but it would be these short rainstorms that would come in, and then it would like cool everything off and we still had so much sun and there was less people. So I'm like, this is actually amazing. Yeah. You know? And so. it wasn't until we went back just recently, we learned that they're like, no, they say it's rainy season, but it'll rain more in a certain <laughs> area of Bali. Not necessarily like, like it might rain because we felt like it rained more in a bood yeah. during the non rainy, rainy season. But yeah. then, you know, it was like we were there during the rainy season. It was perfect. So it's like, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. But definitely do the research and get it, read read and see like kind of what to expect for sure. Yeah, totally. And I think one of the coolest things too is being able to do, uh, we got to do a two-day hike, um, but it was along the Burma border. So I wanted to see if that hike is still going on due to the conflict. Um, but that was definitely yeah. like a must-do. But um, it's interesting if that changed, oh, wow. you know, because that was like one of the coolest things we've ever done. yeah. That, yeah, that was super cool. And like stayed in these little villages, like in the mountains with with local people. Like it was so freaking cool. Yeah. So anyways, we'll pass it along. Yeah. We'll look it up and see if they're still doing it. But So many things. Yeah. Well, definitely make sure to follow you guys. Where can people like find you and like follow along with your travels? Yeah, yeah we're on uh, Instagram. Uh, we have a, a joint account, a couple of traveling PTs. Uh, that's our, our major way to follow us. We also have a, a blog. It's the same thing, website, a couple of traveling PTs.com. Um, working on that a little bit more. But, uh, but yeah, just go follow on Instagram and you can watch us in Denver. And uh, we'll try to include uh, some of the info on what's set in stone with this uh, upcoming trip there, too. Yeah, I was awesome. gonna say, start like your planning process now. Share it, <laughs> like what yeah, you, like, for sure. As it all comes together, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, mm. for sure. yeah. 
All right, guys. Well, we will see you in Bali. See you in Bali and excited. And if again, we'll be passing along all the things we have. If you ever have any more questions, you know, reach out. We'll be happy to talk about this. And I'm excited to do part two Europe if that comes about maybe next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yay, welcome. All right, guys. Thank you for having us on our trip. Yeah.